Welcome back, everybody, to a special bonus episode, quarantine edition of Pair of Kings, where we are bringing you business as usual, tomfoolery as planned. I, of course, am John Hogaboom, and I am joined, of course, by my co-host, Saul Thompson. Hey, everybody. Hope you're uh, doing well in quarantine. Hope that you're keeping your hands washed and moisturized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't forget the lotion. Do not want the, the cracked hands been a been a dry day for my knuckles so i've oh. been moisturizing as Sorry much as that. possible no it's it's 100 percent my fault Ugh, just i don't know dude i don't know where i slipped up i just i you know it's two weeks of just washing my hands and not moisturizing i left my nice hand Ooh. hand cream shout out keels um nice. at school and yeah my hands have just been falling to shit so i've been using like my body lotion on my hands which it works, but it's not like super or as effective as I'd want it to be. What a shame. If any lotion yeah. companies are listening, please sponsor <laughs> the pod. Send us some in this time of need. Quick shout out uh, to uh, Queen Helene's uh, cocoa butter uh, lotion. I got it on Amazon on a whim on a friend's recommendation. Nice. Uh, and it's a fantastic lotion and it smells so good. I was going to ask if it smelled good because cocoa butter yeah. is usually oh. excellent scent. Yeah. So Saul, how are we today, man? Uh, good. Apart from the knuckles, I'm doing all right. I, I've got a ton of work, though. So classes started up for me again. Um, Wednesday at school is, is my worst day of the week. Um, and on top of that, uh, for my writing humor class, we've got three papers assigned all for tomorrow. Um, wow. And so I've got one finished. Um, I just have to check for grammar. Uh, one is almost done, and uh, one has yet to be written. So... That'll be so fun you're, to write. You're killing it. Yeah. What about you, John? How how are we doing? I'm doing all right. I uh, I stayed gross for work today. I showered <laughs> at like 5 p.m. And now I'm just gussied up and looking nice for the pod. You have to. Got to throw in a fit for I the shaved. pod. Yeah. Really? For the pod? I, sh I shaved at like 5.30. I was like, got to look <laughs> up the pod for this audio medium. <laughs> to all of our listeners, John and I are... We, we FaceTime so that we can see each other and kind of pick up on each other's inflections and when we finish mm -hmm. our sentences. I'm looking at John. I'm telling you right now, shave looks great. I Yeah, facial hair doesn't look – I wish I could have good-looking facial hair, but <laughs> it's patchy and just ugh, not good. Mm -hmm. So if you guys ever see me out with gross facial hair, please yell at me. I'll, I'll shave and I'll look better. But it's so, all – Excellent intro so far. Let's blast right into that fit check, buddy. Let's blast, yeah. So uh, nothing on foot today. Uh, it's been a very indoor type of day. Obviously, today's my worst day. I don't leave the house. Um, haven't even gotten the chance to work out, which is quite a shame. Um, but I have just a nice pair of like thick. Um, they're actually socks made for tennis, but they're okay. really nice and warm. Um, they keep me warm in my room, which is a little bit drafty. Um, Moving up, obviously, selvage denim. I don't think anybody here is shocked by that at all. I can't say I am. Although, it was a bit of a surprise to me that I put on actual pants and not sweatpants today. I'm uh, impressed. I've worn yeah. shorts to work every single day since quarantine yeah. started. It's just, it's too cold in my house for shorts. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, our heating system isn't great. But moving up, I have a shirt that I got from uh, Deus X, which is a, I believe surf and um i'm not sure if they do skate but it's surf and like moto store 
Um, they're pretty widespread. I know they have a store in Australia. There's definitely one in the U.S., but I got the shirt in Tokyo when I was there. Oh, uh, sick. And the Deus store in Tokyo is really fun. They have a kind of like a club in the in the basement, and they do really nice drinks. Um, I did not partake, seeing as I was with some some friends of my grandparents. They were really cool. They're graphic designers. Um, oh, nice. So they took me there. Um, I had a really nice time. I met um, one of Japan's most popular models, but I'm forgetting her name right now. She was really nice. Um, and rounding out my fit, I have a Supreme um, Comme des Garçons box logo with the polka dots, not the split, um, that I picked up for retail. Uh, what was this, 2016, 2017? Uh, I think earlier. I remember it my freshman year of college, which was 2015, 2016. So maybe it was early 2015. Yeah. I mean, this was like one of the earliest Supreme things that I'd ever bought. Um, mm-hmm. I bought this and I had gotten a, um, I believe a pullover without like without a logo, just like a colored pullover. Um, nice. From that col- or not collection, but from that, uh, release, um, it was, I think, one of my first times using a bot. Um, I had Ooh. found it on the Supreme subreddit um, in one of the comments, and the guy like sent it to me and whatever. Um, didn't expect it to work, but I landed. Um, the hoodie is a size too big, but I shrunk it in the wash by accident. But um, Perfect. Yeah, no, it's just been collecting dust in my, my closet, and I was cold after classes today. Um, I showed up in full cowboy attire. That was uh, actually Changed out. Changed out, put on a shirt, put on a put on a hoodie, and now I'm now I'm nice and toasty. Yeah, that's yeah. a great hoodie. I'm a big fan as far as box logos go. That's that's way up there for me. Yeah. What about you, John? What do you what have you have on? All right. So I actually wore a real outfit for the podcast today. I'm no longer wow. just in a <laughs> t shirt, shorts, and Birkenstocks. But no baggies. So I'm gonna no baggies today. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Very rare. No baggies. No ACG shorts. Damn. So, um, starting on. off, you started off bottom up. I'll start off from the top. I have a denim jacket that I got off of eBay. Ooh. It's from 1994, Ooh. and it's advertising a Power Rangers live yes! event. Let's go! I've been waiting for you to wear this. I I love this jacket. It's one of my favorite articles of clothing that I own. It's got a huge embroidery on the back that has the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers logo. And underneath it says live in big block letters. And it has the Nabisco logo in there as well. It's sponsored by Nabisco. It's super obscure and I absolutely love it. You've been asked a couple times if people can buy it off of you right yeah yeah i've been i was in a grocery store my junior year of college and a guy was following me around the store making offers on my jacket (laughs) it was honor i was very honored but it was a little creepy too yeah i mean um anything for clout moving down we have a shirt that will inspire some major laughs from saul Due to something that will be happening later on in this podcast, I have a shirt from the Uniqlo X Takashi Murakami collaboration. Oh, God. <laughs> that I threw on today after showering. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Saul's hot take might have a little something to do with him. Solid foreshadowing. <laughs> Solid foreshadowing. Um, moving, down, moving down from there, I have a pair of Prada pants. Getting a little fancy in the pants zone today. Uh, they're a wool blend, I believe, from the early 2000s. I got them from the Real Real. They're super comfortable and they lay really well on 
sneakers, particularly high tops, which lead me into my shoes today. I'm sorry, Saul's wearing these glasses on FaceTime. They're they're hilarious. They're like a Got single a, bar yeah, of sunglass. They look like saw. um, who's the guy from Star Trek? The the one who was played by the God, the Reading Rainbow guy. I don't know. Oh my I've God, that's gonna Star bother Trek. me. But really, no. Wow. All right. Um. Yeah, they look like the the glasses that the guy wears in Star Trek. I'm just forgetting his name. Um. Yeah. Anyway, just threw them on. Quick visual gag for They're an audio great. medium. They're excellent. <laughs> but anyways, my sneakers today is a pair I got this past week. It is a pair of Jordan 1s from 2013 oh. in the Royal colorway. Big cool, fan just... of that shoe. As far as original Jordan 1 colorways go, I think that's probably my favorite. Uh, black and royal blue. And I put in a pair of faded purple laces to make them look more like the 1985 pair. For those of you who don't know, the original Jordan ones in that colorway, the laces will get faded over time and turn into this, like, it almost looks like the color if you spill the ink of a blue pen. It's like a mm. purplish blue. Beautiful color. And I found a pair of laces off of Amazon that almost matches it perfectly. So those are in there right now. But with that, fit check complete. Shout out to both of us for wearing real outfits today. Very broad. <laughs> not, not sweatpants and baggies. <laughs> not sweatpants and baggies. Very, very rare. Yeah. So we'll we'll segue that right into some sneaker releases for this week. Uh, of course, you probably won't be picking any of these up in person because we are all quarantining and social distancing right now. Yep. But there are a couple shoes that are out there for you to purchase if you so desire. Starting off, we have a pair of the Yeezy 380 Boost in the mist colorway, which looks like a piece of moldy cheese. Uh, if you want to spend $230 to have that on your foot, then that is your call, not mine. And um, yeah, where that's the last thing I'm going to say about those. Yep. <laughs> Moving forward, tomorrow is Air Max Day for any of you Nike heads out there. We've got an Atmos Nike collaboration, which includes an Air Max 90 in a infrared and duck camo colorway, and it will have a new model, the Air Max 2090, accompanying it. In addition to that, we have another colorway of the Air Max 2090, and then we have a metal pack of the Air Max 90, which includes a metallic bronze, metallic silver, and metallic gold rendition of the shoe. Additionally, tomorrow, there is a Fear of God Converse collaboration going on mm -hmm. with the Chuck 70 High. That's a nice-looking shoe. It's a black and cream colorway, and it has extra-long laces you can wrap around the ankle. Kind of reminds me of a Rick Owens Ramon, mm -hmm. which is funny because normally Ramones remind people of Converse. In this case, the Converse are reminding me of Ramones. Big shout-out to Geocasket. Shout out to Geocasket. For those of you who aren't aware, we had our first guest on earlier in the week, and it went spectacularly. So yeah. uh, be sure to keep an eye out for the coming weeks where we may have one or two more. <gasps> Ooh, very exciting. But moving on further in the week, we have a couple pairs of Stussy X Nike Zoom Spiridon Cage 2 in a black and silver as well as a tan colorway. I think the tan ones are cool, but they'll definitely be overhyped. I've seen some major celebrities wearing them, so those will definitely be difficult to get. And aside from that, I think there's 
there's supposed to be a pair of Prada Adidas superstars coming out later in mm-hmm. the month. Please stay away from those. Don't spend four hundred fifty dollars on a pair of Adidas superstars. Like, ugh, that that collab just bothers me a little bit. But yeah, I it's, uh, sounds like something that you'd pick up at like a clearance, and then you'd see in a frat. The yeah, superstar has just been for me like the the basic, pardon pardon the integration of race but the classic like white girl frat shoe um i hate to call it that for anybody who may be a fan but i've just seen way too many of them on my on my nights out uh see i don't mind the superstar it's just this prada collab that kind of bothers mm. me it seems that's fair it doesn't seem very organic i don't know what prada has to do with adidas they kind of seem like they're on opposite ends of the of the game they're both yeah. they both do good stuff, but they just don't seem like brands that would collide in the in the space. But yeah. that that about sums it up for sneaker releases this week. Saul, do we have any clothing related releases this week to keep? An yeah, eye we've on? got a couple. Um, True Real, uh, True Romance, excuse me, a Tarantino movie um, has been partnered up, or I guess um, taken up by Pleasures um, for kind of a cool capsule collection. Nice. I personally don't love any of the pieces; they're a little bit too. Um, the the logos are a little bit large and they're a little bit too busy for me um, uh, but they're quite cool if you're a fan of true romance uh, which was a great movie with christopher walken um check those there check i guess those also check the movie out um it's definitely worth looking at i'm not sure about resale or anything like that um at least on those pieces so i'd say cop maybe not for the intention of resale um You've also got the North Face doing a retro kind of throwback uh, with their 1994 Mountain Light jacket release. Um, cool looking jackets. Um, longtime Supreme collaborator North Face and also just outerwear maker North Face. Um, they're kind of cool. They have a built in um, kind of visor hood. Oh, that's cool. Keep, keep the rain off your face. Uh, moving down, there's a drop from um, Fucking Awesome. Um, it's the first drop of their core collection for 2020. Um, there's also the Supreme Week 5 release. Um, there are some pretty cool pieces. Um, they have a set of Timberland. They're not the boots, but they're almost a pair oh, yeah. of dress shoes with these weird chunky soles. Yeah, they're, um, they're quite low cool. Top, low yeah. top Euro hikers, I believe, in patent leather. Those are nice. Yes. And then the highly coveted Supreme Oreos are going to be releasing. Ooh, I might have to... some memes about those. Yeah, we might have to get a pack to, to eat on the pod. Yeah, pay, I mean, pay. yeah, that would be a good cop for the pod. What's it going to be with shipping, that. like $17 for a three-pack of Oreos? Three. yep. Uh, we've also got a Palace release. Um, there are some, some all right items. I'm not the biggest fan of Palace. Um, again, it's a little bit too uh, bright for me, but I am a big fan of their kind of color-blocked patchwork kind of uh, crewnecks that they're releasing. They have one in sort of tan colors. It's a, like a light tan, a very light brown, and a very light slate gray that are kind of um, uh, square-blocked across the crewneck. It actually looks quite cool, and the Palace logo is on one of the arms. Um, rounding us out, I think we only have one or two more, um, Richardson, a longtime Supreme collaborator, is releasing a collaboration with Supreme. Um, and it features artwork by Mario Sorrenti um, in honor of them, Richardson, uh, opening a store in Japan, which is quite cool. Um, there's a cool photograph of a woman. I believe she's kissing a Black Lab or a Rottweiler. Um, 
kind of a cool shirt. I would like to pick it up myself. I'm usually a fan of things with photographers on them. Um, but I think it's releasing only in Japan or only on the website in Japan. So the release time might be a bit weird. Mm -hmm. um, there is a anti-social social club release. Please do not cop anything from that or I will judge you. They still owe a me a hoodie. Really? Summer 2017, I bought a hoodie from them and it never shipped. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't think you're, I think you're going to you're going to be waiting for the rest. I'll of be your waiting life. on that one. I made a donation <laughs> to anti-social social club. Um, I don't even want it at this out. point. Oh no, you just I mean, but it's a it's a great meme. Like yeah. they still haven't shipped it. That's that's what they're known for. God, that's horrible. Uh rounding us out, there's a Bape Cortex Gore-Tex, excuse me, capsule collection. Um some cool items if you're a fan of the Bape Shark. Um there is a fishtail, I think, or just a longer parka. There is a shorter parka, and I think there are one or two pairs of pants with the um the shark face going across the um, seat and the crotch of the pants. Um, yeah. And I think that rounds us out for clothing releases for the week. It's a uh, relatively packed week for all yeah. of us being indoors. Yeah. Um, Surprising amount of stuff. It's definitely nice to see at least the fashion companies or you know streetwear companies continuing to release. It gives a small sense of normalcy to this whole whole thing. I don't know if you've seen John, but Waffle House closed 365 locations. So that's how you know it is really bad. That's how you know it's bad. That's yeah. true. For those who don't know, uh, Waffle House is a chain of, I think they're open 24 hours. Uh, they are, yeah. Food places, they serve pretty cheap breakfast food that's delicious. Hits, especially at 3 a.m., but there is something called the Waffle House Index where um, you know if a natural disaster or a event like coronavirus is serious when the waffle houses start to close. So we, we hope and pray that all the waffle house employees are doing well in this, yeah. in these trying times. The but, true backbones of the American economy. Honestly. Yeah. That's a excellent indicator to if, if things are getting serious. So the meat and potatoes of this week's podcast are mm. some more user questions because the fashion news world is not popping right now. It as is we are, dry. We are in the dry. midst of, of history as we speak. So what better to do than chop it up with the listeners and hear what they have to ask us and what they have to say. We've got some excellent questions this week. We'll get right into the beginning yeah. Our buddy Sebastian has asked, what are our favorite visual artists? Last week's question, he asked what our favorite artists were as a whole. Saul and I both assumed that meant music, so we answered music. Let's get into the visual aspect. Saul, you want to take us off? Yeah. So again, another great question, Sebastian. We really appreciate these kind of in-depth questions that allow us to speak a little bit about ourselves, but also talk about fashion as a proxy almost. Um so my favorite visual artists, um, I study photography quite a bit. Um, and so some of my favorite photographers are Peter Hugo, Cindy Sherman, um, Deanna Lawson. Um, oh, my God. I, I have a lot, so bear with me here. Uh, Gregory Crudson. Um, oh man. I'm going to start to cut it off. Um 
Walker Evans is just a classic. I feel like you can't really mention photographers without mentioning um, Diane Arbus. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of her personally, but she's kind of the one exception of separating the art from the artists that I've I've made in my life. Um, in terms of painters, I'm a huge fan of Hermonius Bosch. I'm a big fan of Francis Bacon. I'm a big fan of Velasquez. Um, I don't think I have a favorite sculptor. I don't think I sadly pay enough attention to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are some of my favorite visual artists. And um, you have asked a second part to the question that kind of transitions or allows me to transition into it. Um, but I'm going to first get John's input on who his favorite visual artists are. All right. First of all, once again, Sebastian, excellent question. Uh, art is something that affects all of us in a different way. We all have our different opinions, so it's nice to have that asked. And actually, in addition, uh, Dom Choi also asked the same question, who our favorite mm. visual artists were. So shout out to Dom as well. And as far as my favorite artists go, I'm a big fan of impressionist painting. So mm. Claude Monet is my number one. I got to see a lot of his works. Uh, I was at the Musée d'Orsay in Paris this past summer, and it was a little bit of a dream come true for me. It was an excellent experience getting to see his work up close, unbelievably close. Um, there were no like security lines or anything. Mm -hmm. You could, I mean, you could get as close as you wanted. Of course, could please, have licked them if you go. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't lick the paintings. But um, <laughs> please don't. That's all I want. Don't, please don't touch my Monet. But um, yeah, excellent, excellent painter. As far as physical arts go, got to give a shout out to my mom, Margaret Hogaboom. She's a potter. She does sculpting. She does, of course, pottery. A um, lot of ceramic tile work. And I'm big. I mean, I'm a little biased being her son, but I'm a huge <laughs> fan of, of what she does. A lot of nature based pottery work and some excellent color choices. Mm. And I mean, I, I don't know a ton of artists by name. I did not study art like Saul, but I'm a big fan of just picking and choosing whatever strikes me in the world of photography, sculpting, painting, anything like that. And yeah. I mean, I'm going to mostly let Saul handle this one, but <laughs> I, I've got my, my couple artists and um, I'm happy with that. But segueing into the next part of that question, do you think artist influence in fashion is growing? Are more companies turning to artists to differentiate and have creativity flow into their products? Great question. Yeah. Saul, Saul do you want to start with that one? Yeah. So I think that artist influence in fashion is definitely growing. Um, I think that visual arts, um, especially now are kind of with so many artists in the art world, it's another avenue for them to be able to express themselves and another way for them to get their work out there. It's also a very interesting medium because it allows for interaction with models. Um, so painters usually use, um, flat canvases and things like that, but it allows for another aspect of dimensionality. And I think a lot of painters are really psyched to work with um, high fashion brands, whether it be something crazy like Louis Vuitton or Prada, or maybe just smaller streetwear things. Um, either just for name recognition, it's always nice to get your name out there if you're a photographer um, and break out of kind of an art bubble. Um, but it's also really nice to be able to create art, you know, like something for a runway, um, that isn't just going to hang in a gallery. It's going to be worn. It's going to be used. It's going to be interacted with, which is something that is sometimes devoid from art as a whole. 
Um, and so it allows for a very interesting interaction um, for artists. It, you know, is great for the fashion houses. It allows them to think really far outside of the box. And if the artist has a history, you know, you see um, fashion houses all the time, they will um, either obtain the rights or purchase the rights for uh, or from, excuse me, an artist estate to use their images in a collection, whether that be on clothing, whether it be screen printed, whether it be normally printed, whatever, um, in a collection. Um, and it's definitely a great way to hammer home and hit a nail on a head if you're trying to go for a theme, whether it be, um, you know, flower based, uh, you know, like Raph um, with his first season at, oh God, I'm blanking, Dior, thank you. Um, was very flower based. If you haven't seen the um, documentary, uh, I think it's Raph and I or Raph and Me. It is about his first season at Dior, his collaboration with um, Sterling Ruby. Um, or no, sorry, not Sterling Ruby. Um, Rothko. Um, I believe it was Rothko in a lot of his dresses um, about the pageantry of a fashion kind of runway event. Um, I apologize if I'm rambling, but I'm going to bring this back around in a second. Um, and um, it just allowed for him to bring a fresh take to a lot of classic cuts in the Dior oeuvre um, and kind of breathe new life with a modern artist um, taking on a kind of historical collection. Um, and then you also have things like Undercover just released a collection with my one of my favorite photographers, Cindy Sherman, of her untitled film stills. If you have not seen that work, please go look it out or please go check it out or seek it out. It is some of my favorite work ever to be created. Um, it is strange. It's reminiscent of movies. It undermines the tradition of, you know, male dominated movies and the male gaze, beautiful um, and undercover. One of my favorite brands is now putting it on their hoodies. Um, I just can't justify spending almost $600 on a crew neck. Um, but yeah, I mean, there have been a lot of kind of landmark collaborations, um, whether that be RAF, um, whether that be Murakami and Louis Vuitton, as much as I hate to say it, um, you know, Louis Vuitton allowing themselves to kind of be colorful and, and explosive in color. Um, God, they're Raph Simmons and Robert, um, Mapplethorpe was another huge one. Both, you know, it seems like Raph has a, uh, appreciation for the arts, unlike a lot of other, not unlike, but that a lot of designers may not. Um, have it seems like he's very aware of what everything means um, and so I really love to see that very well said my goodness <laughs> I apologize for rambling this is something that if you let that talk all in about, one I'll talk about I think so I don't think I've breathed for the the past six minutes but this is something that I'm really passionate about as somebody who works you know to create art and somebody who loves fashion something Absolutely. that I really pay attention to um, so I've tried to cut my answer short. If you are curious about cool collections, please message the account. I will send you photos and photos and photos and links and links and links because um, I love to talk about it. I love to chat. But um, just for the sake of brevity and answering some of these other awesome questions, um, <laughs> I will cut my I will cut my answer short. We've got eight more questions. <laughs> I'm going to go even... on. I'm going to go on without breathing for eight minutes for all of them. <laughs> I'm I'm not even going to chime in. I think artist influence in fashion is growing. I think it's a good thing. Um, 
that companies are starting to tap artists more and more because it allows them to advertise their work on a greater scale and it allows the company to sort of tailor themselves more into the art world and get their their company ethos and their vision displayed in, in artists that they enjoy. Yeah. But thank you again, Sebastian, for that great question. And I hope that Saul and my little blurb at the end answered it well <laughs> for you. Next up, he asked... Once again, Sebastian, big shout out, asked us what we look for in a shoe. What does a shoe need to have in order for us to say, I need that, like that, that wow factor. And I'm, I'm going to start off with this one. Please. Yeah. I have a lot of sneakers, but I think that I'm also very particular with what I buy. Um, I just, unfortunately have been going a little more quantity on that lately, but, uh, for me, a shoe, in order for me to need it, it needs to stand out in some way, shape, or form. And that could be in any number of ways. It could be the silhouette. It could be mm. the design behind it, whoever designed it. It could be, of course, the colors, the materials, the timing of the release, uh, how I think I could wear it with other things in my collection, mm. anything. Um, I'll give an example. These these royal blue Jordan 1s that I'm wearing I've seen that shoe a million times just across mm. pop culture as a whole. It's a it's extremely popular silhouette. It's one of the most popular colors of that silhouette. Mm. But it's always stood out to me. I think it's uh, a relatively underrated colorway, which is really saying something because it's a huge, huge colorway in the, in the Jordan 1 realm. Mm. But it's always kind of stood out as this dark horse as far as the original colorways of the Jordan one go because of course everyone gravitates towards the ones that are in the colors of the Chicago bulls. Yeah. It's that little bit of differentiation that makes me like, boom, snap. I, I really would like that in my collection mm. as far as dunks and Nike SBs go. I really enjoy loud ones. Of course I do have some more subtle ones in my collection. I have a pair of the black pigeon dunks, which are very, very quiet, uh, all black shoe with an orange sole. And I have a pair of the Shadow JPEG Dunks, which are gray and black. But aside from that, they're all very colorful. Um, a lot of different clashing colors and bright and things like that. Bit of a uh, songbird type approach. <laughs> I want to be as loud as possible and display my, my feet for the world. But um, as far as what I look for in a shoe, pretty much that. Just... How's it going to play into my taste and what I what I want to my end goals are with how I would wear it? Saul, how about you? I think I agree a lot on that point um, in terms of it kind of fitting into what I wear and kind of what would look good on a daily basis. Um, I think I've dialed back a lot from buying shoes for the sake of buying shoes that I don't wear. Um, I think I've mentioned that I have a pair of. Um, frags just sitting in my closet. Huge. Um, those were kind of the one exception that I made for myself in that I want my kids to find them one day and be like, whoa, our dad was cool. Like, that's sick. But um, apart from that, I mean, as our listeners know, I wear a lot of selvage denim, um, which means that I can't or I, I don't really enjoy wearing louder shoes. I like the bottom half of my my outfit to just kind of be solid um, in terms of color you know, maybe one or two colors and not shaking it up too much. And I like my statement piece, for lack of a better term, to be, you know, what I'm wearing up top, either my T-shirt or my jacket. 
Um, and I think that might change as summer comes, but I usually dress for the colder climates. Um, seeing as last summer I spent in Australia, so I was just always wearing denim. Um, I was working on farms as well, so I was wearing boots. Um, yeah, no, I think for a shoe, especially for me to really stand out and make me want to buy it, um, I usually buy color block shoes. So either like white and black or all white or all black or all blue okay. or whatever. Um, things that, and I hate to say it like this, but would look good with my denim. Um, it's, it's really a centerpiece of my outfit. Um, That's good. That I love you know a lot that. and I want to, I want to bring attention to it rather than take attention away from it. Mm-hmm. Very well said. Very well yeah. said. And once again, thank you, Sebastian. Yeah. Our third question is a question I'm going to assume is just tailored towards me unless Saul wants to chime in. No. Asked... Um, yeah. I don't think I am well equipped to handle this, but I, I will do the, do the, uh, the honor of asking. John, Please what do you do. think of the new two or the two new, excuse me, not the new two, GR Dunk colorways? Well, excellent question, first of all. For those of you who don't know, there are two more pairs of Nike SB Dunks coming out at the beginning of April. I think they've already released some places in the U.S., uh, depending on what Nike said to that particular skate shop. One pair is, I think, themed after a bottle of Hennessy. It's like a crimson uh, with like a cream colored, which represents the label, and then the sole is like a crimson cognac color, which would represent the alcohol itself. I don't even know if you'll be able to find a picture of them on, on Google if you search Hennessy Dunk because I think that was just pretty much in the comments of the posts on Instagram, people saying that. But I think those are okay, not great. Uh, if I had the option to buy them, I think I would pass. But the other colorway I really enjoy, that is a primarily aqua with a purplish cobalt swoosh. I have seen them lovingly referred to as the Blue's Clues Dunks, <laughs> and I think that's hilarious. But in addition, I think that's a great shoe for early summer. And uh, if I have the opportunity to buy those for my local skate shop, I will definitely take that opportunity. Mm. But that sums up that one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good Good little GR pack for April. I think people are definitely going to be happy with those. Probably especially the Blues Clues ones. Those seem to be more well-liked as far as the community goes. A bit of a question just for me. Do you think that the popularity of dunks will increase as the weather increases? I think so. Um, or, I'm sorry, the... the temperature increases. I said the weather increases. My bad. I knew what you meant. I knew <laughs> what you meant. But I think, yeah, it'll be a great summer shoe for, for 2020 and beyond. Um, the low tops are nice. Your full ankles exposed. Uh, I think those look really good actually with no show socks, which is rare for a shoe. Um, they also look good with calf socks. I think they look good with, mm. uh, just about anything, but I'll definitely be wearing a lot of dunks this summer. Yeah. Um, talking about kind of dunks in general, do you have any recent dunks and shout out to Menorah man for asking this question, um, on Instagram. We don't have Big your real name, out. but we will. Shout out your uh, your name. I think he, he asked, liked what? like ninety percent of our Instagram posts. So. Oh yeah, he went absolutely major king for lack of a better word. Um, but are there any recent dunks? And he asked. I guess this is kind of a John first, Saul second. He asked recent dunks and salvage denim that we really enjoy. Yeah, for sure. I think twenty twenty has been an awesome year for dunks so far. My favorite this 
thus far have been the safari dunks as far as new colorways go i was lucky enough to get my hands on a pair of those shout out to premier skate shop i won the raffle over there um the most hyped pair is definitely the travis scott's which i also had a pair for about four hours before i sold them um i wasn't great i liked them but seeing the prices it's awful to say but i couldn't rationalize keeping a pair in my collection when i could just get something that i really enjoyed uh but i think the the safaris are the runaway number one for this year there have been some great re-releases we saw the plum dunks come out uh mm-hmm. once again which we spoke about in a previous episode i think if those were a brand new colorway those would be my number one of the year but mm-hmm. those of course are a re-release so i consider those a 2001 shoe rather than a 2020 shoe but yeah i think the once again the safari is the runaway favorite so far for this year but there's good stuff to come i've seen a couple leaked pictures of dunks coming out later in the year and i'm really excited how about you saw any good any good selvage pairs coming out i've got yeah i've got uh, some selvage grails personally let's go sadly wasn't able to land any of them but i would have been really excited um so there are a couple of pairs samurai jeans released a pair called um fire selvage denim um which the insides and the um stitching so the the stitching on the back pockets um, have all been done in this really nice red this kind of burnt orange um and if you were to cuff the jeans you could see this like fiery red which is beautiful and then obviously the denim itself because it's you know, the dye on the inside shows through a little bit. It's kind of red and blue, and it's beautiful. Um, the, the red isn't, like, in your face or anything like that. But it's just, I don't know quite how to describe it. It's really cool. Um, you don't often see red and selvage denim, you know, put together. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question about selvage denim. Yeah. You said you haven't been able to land any of these pairs. Is there, like, a you-gotta-be-quick ethos yeah. to, to buying selvage denim? Like, do people buy jeans yeah with certain pairs you've got to be really quick so with the the fire um and the two that i'll mention um they get snapped up really fast and they only make i, I don't know the exact numbers i'd say maybe about 30 or 40 mm-hmm. um, yeah i know they're super small batches yeah so if you get you know if you if you're just slow in the uptake and you miss the email by two or three days you know i wear a, a 32 sometimes mm-hmm. a 33 um and if you miss you know the email and you you check them out you know just a couple of days late they're gone um which is you know a huge shame and brings me to my second pair um uh, studio dartison Uh, i own a pair of their 40th anniversary selvage denim they released a pair called matcha where the insides i'm not sure if they're actually dyed with matcha um but they are this beautiful like earthy green those were super Uh, cool they're beautiful and i missed the email and I did not manage to get them, and I'm really sad, and they haven't restocked, and it's been an absolute heartbreaker. Um, I would have laid down they, – they almost cost $300, but I would have instantly bought them and worn them for the next three years. They're just nice. gorgeous. Um, those, are, those are my, my, my personal grails. Um, they're just – oh. I'm, I'm just – I'm such a denim nerd, and when you, whenever you get a cool color in selvage, um, whether it be green, whether it be red, I'm just – Oh, over the moon. Um, there are a couple of others. There is a, uh, I believe it was Studio Dartison released a pair of Frost um, and Snow. Um, they're both kind of light white on the inside, which is really cool. Um, and then my all-time grail, and I'm not sure they've actually released or if they were just kind of one-off samples, um, Okayama Denim released 
pairs of jeans that are two-tone. So they compared, or excuse me, combined um, a pair of the Samurai Jeans Fire on the front and a pair of the Matcha Studio Artisan on the back. So if you were to cuff them, it would be half red and half green. They oh. are so cool, but I don't think they've released them. I've been checking my email and I've I've, I've emailed them a couple of times, um, and I don't think they. I don't. I don't know if they were just kind of created to to be shown in store or what. You know, whatever it was. But if I'm able ever to to grab those. Oh, just they're so cool. Like, how often do you see stuff like that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just that it's almost like a Frankenstein, like a beautiful monster. Of, exactly. Of denim glory. But yeah, very well. But a quick shout out. Okayama Denim is having um, a sale right now. It's called the Sakura Sale, S-A-K-U-R-A. And Okayama is spelled O-K-A-Y-A-M-A. It's for the next day. So you'd probably have to act quick once you heard this. But I guess early birds on the pod get the worm. Uh, it's 15% off everything uh, on their website, and there is some denim that's already on sale. Um, if you're looking to get into Selvage Denim, I would be over the moon if one of our listeners bought because I was plugging it. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're interested in kind of starting down your road, please go grab a great pair. You will not regret it, or you might regret it for about a week because they're super stiff. But once you break <laughs> them in, they are just, you know, they're like a part of you. It's great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which brings us to our next question. A new friend of the podcast, Charles Coveler, asked an excellent question. It's one that uh, definitely got me and Saul thinking today. Why does V-Loan exist in 2020? I don't know. I mean, we talked in, in a previous week about Ian Connor, who is a terrible human being, and ASAP mm. Bari, I cannot say is much better. Um, Who's buying V-Loan? Like, who is saying, I don't know. this who is something I want to spend my money on? I, I understood it when it was at its height of popularity. You know, it was getting sure. plugs by, by Rocky and things like oh, that. Oh, absolutely. It was, 20, it was huge. It was 2016, right? Yeah, that was... And then, for those of you who don't know, you can Google ASAP Bari. He's been accused of some very bad things. I don't remember if he was convicted or not. So I think I, he was because they had video yeah. evidence. Okay, but, I'm I'm yeah. not sure, but uh, yeah, he is the the founder and creator of VLone, and it was right when they were starting to get Nike collabs and things like that, and Nike immediately pulled away. But excellent question, Charles. I have no idea why VLone still exists in 2020. I'm very surprised it still has such a dedicated support network. I still see people wearing it on Instagram, things like that, when I'm going through the uh, Explore page. Mm. It's one of those things where it's like, I wonder if the people wearing it know what they're supporting yeah. in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that also brings up questions like, why are the Revenge Storms still being worn? I yeah, mean, they're absolutely. obviously not as widespread as V-Lone, but it, it's a little bit sad to me when somebody like ASAP Rocky wears V-Lone you know yeah he's now. someone who a lot of people look up to and yeah uh, i have a lot of respect for a lot of his like story and things like that but i think the association with Elon has definitely been a a bad point in in the whole career of the asap mob yeah. but charles excellent question great great way to get us thinking on this Two or yeah. what day is it? I have no idea. It's, I think it's a Wednesday. It is the twenty fifth, I think. Twenty fifth of March. My 
days have been out of whack since this all started. I've been working from home. For those of you who don't know, I've been working from my room and it's just been like everything just flows into the next thing. I can't tell when it's during the week and when it's the weekend. Mm. So John, pretty monumental question here. Um, I think you'd be the man to tackle it and I can certainly weigh in, but I don't think I'm as well equipped as you. What do you think that the best sneaker of the last decade is, uh, both for you personally and most influential kind of throughout the the market? Um, like to take a second and thank Aaron Gabbert for the question. Really yeah, cool question. That is a um, huge, huge question. Um, yeah. That's one that I've thought about. I've had a lot of trouble deciding if I just had to pick one sneaker. Yeah. It's still very difficult to decide. Um, gosh. I'm going to start with most influential and then go to my mm-hmm. personal. I it um, pains me to say a little bit, but I think the most influential shoe of the past decade, and I, I'll back this up as much as I have to, is the Yeezy Boost 350 V2. V2? V2. Not the and V1? I say this because it is the avenue for people to get into more high tier sneakers it's so accessible right now Mm. and it's such a well-known silhouette that i think although it came around late in the decade it defined the decade in sneakers interesting Uh, the the v1 was obviously the inspiration behind it but the v2 they kind of tailored it uh figured out the marketing aspect of things and they took the world by storm with the v2 and they still sell out i mean the the cinders from this past weekend sold out like crazy saw how many pairs did you get like like i I bought as many as i could okay good well you got to stock up i mean yeah you know those you know those pictures of the uh the dudes with you know the 95 million boxes i do i do that's gonna be me so my plan for the v2 cinders is i'm going to buy every single pair possible smart destroy all but 10 and then have it be the most coveted shoe ever. <laughs> That's excellent. I love that. As far as my personal shoe of the last decade, ah, that is that is a tough one. I have so many that I've loved, and for all sorts of different reasons, whether they be shoes I've acquired or shoes I haven't, there's been a lot of shoes that have come out. This has been a kind of yeah. the last decade has been the decade where I really got involved in sneakers and really got into the the whole community. But yeah. it's um, also just been it's also just been an incredible decade for streetwear. Oh my gosh, street! This yeah. has been the decade of streetwear. Like yeah, this has been a huge unfolding before our eyes of this new mm-hmm. style coming to coming to fruition in the world of fashion and. It's been cool being part of that and seeing it evolve from the more diamond supply slash obey days to now where <laughs> there's a million different streetwear brands all advertising in the comments of high snobiety. But I think my personal, this is hard. I loved, loved, loved the Air Max Sean Weatherspoons when they came out. I was freaking out over that shoe i had my entire family try for me on sneakers everyone struck out i was lucky enough to get a pair as a bit of a second chance from nike because i voted for sean they threw a bone my way but now they kind of just sit in my collection so it's hard for me to say that those are my personal favorite (laughs) the air Uh, vaxes (laughs) yeah the air air (laughs) anti-vax yeah i think 
I'm having a lot of trouble with this question, as you can tell. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. Um, because I don't want to say something. I have another shoe that I absolutely love, but it's because it's so fresh in my head. It's a pair of, it's called the Nike SB Blazer Soul Land. They came out yeah. very recently. They came out late November. It's a snakeskin Nike Blazer. I'm absolutely head over heels for those, but I feel like that's a cheap excuse because they came out with one month left in the decade, so they're so fresh mm. in my mind. My favorite shoe I've gotten in the last decade. While you're thinking... You um, please go ahead. I need yeah. to think. So I think most influential shoe of the past decade comes down to a tie between two. Um, I think that one of the, the top contenders has to be the Jordan 1. Um, it laid the groundwork <laughs> for things like forgive the meme, but geo baskets and a lot of high fashion sneakers, um, as they sort of broke out to be more of a fashionable shoe and not just something that you'd wear, um, if you're a basketball player and wanted to look cool. Um, and I think that the other are the, the easy V ones, the 350 V ones, um, that kind of started this entire craze. I know that there were bots specifically made for, for easy V ones, um, just because of how insane the retail was. And, you know, it's, it's where I got my start. Um, buying and selling sneakers and things like that. Um, but, you know, I, I think that it's a hot contest between the two. And those may be the two most popular shoes of the decade, just in terms of volume of sales and things like that. But if you look at the Jordan 1, you know, it's been remixed and, and recreated and and quoted by so many other designers, whether it be in, I hate to say his name, but Virgil Abloh with, you know, his his remix of them in the 10 and then later with the, I think, Chicago's um or whether it just be like different collaborations in different colors. Um, I think it really is a mainstay of sneaker culture and one of the most important shoes, if not of the past decade of all time. Um, for me, my personal kind of best sneaker, um, you know, I'm not an insane sneakerhead, kind of like John. I think John would have a more interesting take, but for me, it's the Momotaro um, canvas sneaker with Those the vulcanized awesome. sole. Mm -hmm. um, they're comfortable. They fit me perfectly. They go really well with my denim. Um, and as I've kind of pared down my own style and found what works for me really well, which, you know, over the past two, two years has been just denim and, and canvas sneakers. Um, they're kind of the ultimate in that realm. Very well said, very well said. And those, what, what'd you say you had four pairs of those? I've got... I've got one as a pair of frat shoes, one as a pair of beaters, and then three that I keep because they sell out. <laughs> so five. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, when you know, you know. I think I, I think I found mine, and it's way out of left field. It's kind of the shoe that started it all as far as okay. like more hyped up sneakers for me. It's the, the Jordan 6 Carmine Ooh. is the first shoe that I had that I was like afraid to wear. Okay. Because I didn't want to mess them up. Yeah. Um, I got those my junior year of high school, and I I love the Jordan Six. Uh, that's probably my favorite Jordan silhouette, and the Carmine is definitely my favorite colorway of the Jordan Six. And that I mean that shoe means a ton to me, and the yeah. just in what it's led into as far as my my current collection is now. And I still have my pair. They are destroyed and very well loved. And I will definitely be getting another pair when they re-release. I think they're going to re-release next year. So I'm very excited for that. But that's uh, something I don't think anyone really expect out of me. 
a, uh, a Jordan 6, but they're an excellent shoe. I don't wear them very much anymore, but I love them to death. And we're already at like 50 minutes on this podcast. Jeez. Good we might questions. have to break this one into two parts. Yeah. But we will we will continue going. I might have to do some sound editing and post, but we will we'll keep keep chugging along. Dom Choi Fashion Boy asks, "What are our dream jobs?" I think mine is pretty easy. Um, it's a tie between a couple of things. One is traveling photographer, and that's just kind of how I'd make my living. Um, and I think the aspect of dream job because it is attainable is just earning a living by doing that. Mm-hmm. you know it's it's so hard to break into the art world it's it's a matter of knowing the right people at the right time in the right place and you know just getting lucky time and time again um that's one two is you know a writer either for a tv show um a comedy tv show um either like a late night thing or just a an ongoing thing like eric andre um so those two um and then third is a bit out of left field. I don't know if I've brought this up on the podcast before, but I'd love to be a game designer for Wizards of the Coast on Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it's a game that has become very quickly super beloved to me. Um, and, you know, I write my own campaigns sometimes and my own characters, and I would love to be able to participate and and make that a reality for other people um, and get other people kind of excited and and intrigued about this game. Um, I think it gets a bad rap as kind of something only nerds do and sweaty guys in a basement. But I do it with some of my close friends at Yale, and it's always like the highlight of my week. That's really cool. I yeah. never, I mean, I knew that you were into D and D, but I wasn't aware that you wanted to work for them someday. That's awesome. Yeah. As far as my picks go, uh, of course, professional podcasters way up on the list. <laughs> How could I, I have mean, forgotten? I'm sorry. I mean, if someone wants to pay us to do this full time, we will record every single day and we'll be much more awake than we are now because it's past nine and it's a Wednesday. It so we're very tired. You know, we're we're growing boys and we need our beauty rest. But we are doing this for the fans. If anyone has made it 50 minutes into this episode so far. But Dom... My dear friend, my dream job is working in the special projects department at Nike. Uh, All their crazy, weird stuff. For every shoe that we see that comes out of Nike, like the more special or collaboration, there's probably 20 weird samples that never see the light of day. And I just want to be in that archive, digging through, just seeing all the stuff. I would do it for free i'd pay them to do it (laughs) but i mean if i could get paid to do it that would be heaven on earth so i would love to work really do anything for nike but i think working in their uh special projects department there's a account on instagram i believe it's team 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 (laughs) just the name team six times it might be seven i'm not sure but it has underscores between each one if anyone wants the account i'll send it to you and they, uh, it's the Instagram account of Nike's special projects team. And they just post <laughs> all these crazy things, like if they're doing materials engineering or anything like that. And it always intrigues me so much. And I think, yeah, that would be my dream job someday. But thank you, Dom, for such an excellent yeah. question. Moving right down, we have Zabi, friend of the pod, who asked, can you say pop and forget the smoke? No. I mean, that's that's the easiest 
easiest easiest answer i think we've, we've no. been yeah you can't straight I mean, up rest in peace I, yeah at this rest point paradise if you say pop and forget the smoke i'm wondering what's wrong with you mm-hmm. you know i'm concerned i'm concerned for your your mental facility show some respect. your mental well-being you know who you know who would say pop and forget the smoke oh joe biden joe biden oh. definitely says pop and forget <laughs> the smoke god i hate joe biden <laughs> go off king the worst very well. Vote for, vote for the candidate that would say pop and not forget the smoke. Yes, indeed. Moving on to our final question. We've saved a wild one for last. From the yeah. flesh and blood, Joe Hogaboom has asked, you're about to be executed. What's your last meal and what's your last fit? Woo. That's a great question. I've got a, a good answer for this one. Let's hear so, it. My last meal would be something that I, I really enjoy. Um, there's a restaurant near my house. They do really nice tacos. Um, and I just try and eat as many of those as possible. Um, just kind of one last time. They're delicious. I always go with friends. It's, you know, like my happy place. We never really tell anybody about it. It's kind of like our, our home away from home. Um, just always a good time when we go. And my outfit would be as much Louis Vuitton by Virgil Abloh that I could put on by po- as, as possible. Um, for one reason, it is that you vacate your bowels when you die. And so by eating as many tacos as possible. Oh, my gosh. I, I could shit all over Virgil and everything that he's done one last time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, Saul is not a fan of Virgil Abloh. I personally have nothing against the man. But uh, but Saul has been very vocal about his distaste for for Mr. Quotes. But that that's hilarious. Very well done. Very well done. Thank you. My last meal and fit, because I'm a very nostalgic man, is entirely nostalgia-based. I want just a nice clean meal, some fresh fruits and vegetables, maybe one of my dad's burgers and one of my mom's pieces of pie, uh, which I'm not sure if if they would want to cook for me if I was on death row. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully we never have to find out. I'm scaring myself even talking about this. But, um, yeah, I would want to just base it on nostalgia, just have something that reminds me of good times. Uh, I'm guessing the reason I'm being executed is for having such amazing outfits every day. Everyone else is jealous and they can't focus on what they're doing. So I understand, but I'm going to put one last fit together. I am going to do, starting from the bottom, now we're here, pod and stocks, of course. Are you kidding me? Wow. Moving Dedication up. to the end. Nike ACG shorts. Oh, the Moving greatest up. hits. O'Neal t-shirt. Are you oh, me? come on. <laughs> for those of you, for those new listeners, these are all absolute staples in my in my fits on a weekly basis the t-shirt i referenced i've had since eighth grade and it's probably thinner than a sheet of paper at this point it's like one ply toilet paper thickness but i love it to death and it fits me like a glove it's perfect so i'd yeah i'd wear all those one last time just one last ride with the with the classic fit and uh go out on a high note so thank you joe for asking such a dark scary question to think about but a fun yeah. question nonetheless God, those are some great questions. Yeah, absolutely. 
crazy that we've been going on for so long. I to all of our listeners, thank you so oh, much. Geez. You know, yeah, we might if have anyone's... to start cutting these down, or I don't know. I I love answering these. Yeah, we're just we're going off. We're going off, yeah. King. Hot take John, of the weeks. Yeah, I was gonna say this is one that I've I've. Uh, I don't know quite how to preface it, but I am sick and tired of Takashi Murakami. I get that. He has been everywhere. He's done. It seems like he does a, you know, two or three collaborations every season. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know I I I like his work. I've seen it in person. Um, it's become meaningless. Like it's not even it. that. It's just it, it, you know it's like getting beaten over the head. I don't even notice it anymore. And yeah. I say that wearing a Takashi Murakami shirt. Like I I love his work as in individually, like isolating the work, but. Mm-hmm. I think it's just become so saturated in the yeah. in our culture or our subculture in our community where you can't you can't look a direction and not see something by him. And good for him. Yeah. I'm sure no, he has se- yeah. secured the bag as far as that goes. But I think it's a little bit of that oversaturation in the sense yeah. that he's everywhere. He's like I mean for those huge fans of him, that's awesome. But I mean, I'm a fan of his, but it's been a little bit, a little bit much, especially as yeah. of as of late, seeing him all over the place. But I mean, Takashi the thing Murakami, that I would compare it to. Sorry, Takashi going to say, "Come, come on, on the pod. pod." Yeah, yeah. You but know what I was going to say. The thing that I would kind of give an analogy for, at least, at least with you know his work, is just kind of like the Yeezy V2. When it gets oh, yeah. released every week, it stops being special. Yeah, very well said. Like, I love Takashi. I'd love to get to talk to him and pick his brain about this. But I think, like you said, it's just, it's not special anymore. Ooh. Yeah. So, very well, very well said. And I have another hot take that's going to be relatable across the Pair of Kings universe. During mm. this quarantine time, we're all, we're all sitting around in the house getting bored. Be sure to treat yourself, you know, mm. if, if you have the means to do so. I mean, I know we're all different things are happening with different companies and different yeah. things are in the balance. But if you are able to, even if it's something small, just do something nice for yourself. Um, even if it's cook yourself a nice meal, go to your favorite spot in the house and read a book, mm. buy yourself a, a sick John any of any of those things just make sure you're treating yourself well during this time because we're all going a little stir crazy i'm sure yeah. but it's important to know that this will come to an end and when it does we'll all be able to go back out in the world and do all of our favorite things but for now be sure to do your favorite things that you can inside the house yeah. i've been you know potting to no end i mean we're already past an hour on this and i love doing this so this has been a awesome thing to put structure in my week i've been doing a little art here and there doing some reading playing some animal crossing things like that just trying to stay relaxed and keep my head on my shoulders during all this and i recommend you all do the same yeah i think that's great advice and god knows we've been copping johns just oh have we i can't say the other one i got yet because it's my well i'm not even going to talk about that segment yet because it's a new segment but get excited for those of you who have made it Jack and Ace of the I love Week. It. I love it. We'll explain when we get there. Yeah. Song of the Week, Saul. What do we got? Um, 
yeah, again, shock to nobody, sad, nostalgic song um, about mm-hmm. the fear of expressing oneself and, and speaking about one's feelings. Um, it's about the artist's hesitation and, and regret about why she couldn't tell somebody how she felt. Um, it's a great song. She has been endorsed by Pharrell. Um, my song of the week is Say It by Maggie Rogers. All right. So be sure to check that out if you're feeling yeah. sad or nostalgic or want to hear someone who's been co-signed by Pharrell. Yeah. What about you, John? Song of the week? My song is by one of my favorite artists of the last decade. Actually, my number one most listened to artist of the last decade, Gus Dapperton, from his uh, first studio album, Where Poly People Go to Read. And it's called <laughs> I Ascend. It's the closing song in the album. It's a minute and 15 seconds long, but I wish it was five minutes long. It's absolutely beautiful. Very melancholy, which is off-brand for my song of the week. But <laughs> I love it. Love it to death. Uh, I have to be in a special mood to put it on. I'm not in that mood right now. I'm actually in a very good mood, very happy mood. So I don't think it'd be the time to listen. But it's a beautiful song. Uh, big piano notes being played throughout and Gus's weird kind of offbeat high-pitched voice going on throughout it and look up the lyrics when you do listen to it it's really it's something uh something for a little little treat for your ears during these trying times so we're sorry we didn't include happier songs during quarantine but (laughs) maybe that shows how we're feeling as a whole during all this but as always feel free to go check out our playlist on spotify pair of kings as well as pair of kings favorite songs and uh, let us know what you think. Sorry, Apple Music users. Uh, we do not have a way yet for you to hear those, as Saul and I are both Spotify boys. But mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe in the future we will. Yeah. So blasting into something we're, we're really excited for. A, uh, yeah. New section for the pod. New segment, folks. New segment. Big shout out to Sebastian for suggesting it. We really, really like the suggestion. We think it the fits homie. into our... our uh, design our uh what's the word i'm looking for here our uh, our theme maybe our theme our ethos our mantra yeah. yeah but uh the segment is called jack and ace of the week our jack will be our worst release and our ace will be our best mm-hmm. um so you know i love this more so than just big announcements you know things that you should cop maybe smaller things that you might have missed maybe it's mm-hmm. a pair of selvage denim or maybe it's a cool pair of dunks that might not have been shouted out um yeah so john what are your what are your jack and what are your or i guess what is your jack and what is your ace of the week all right so for starters my jack which is whack is (laughs) is the supreme catcher's gear if you play baseball it's sick like go for it you'll look you'll look so cool out on the field if you don't play baseball please don't buy this Please don't resell don't. it. Don't resell it to some kid who's trying to get it for his for his travel team or some some gal who's trying to get it for her travel team. Yeah. Like let the let the players buy this one. Let the players play. Let the players play. Let the kings and queens go out there and play baseball and softball to their heart's content. But yeah, it's it's uh not something I would wear because I haven't played baseball since 8th yeah. grade. You know, really fun sport to play. 
if you're playing baseball and you're going after Supreme Catcher's gear, go for it. If you're not, mm-hmm. please stay away. Yeah. My ace of the week. Oh. This is a spicy John. It's it's uh, John Shu John Shu as Saul would John say. Shoe. John Shu. <laughs> if he if he texted me, that would be the caption. And it is not one but two pairs of GH Bass Weegens in a pony hair rendition which for those of you who don't know that's not actual pony hair it's just the other side of leather which still has the hair on it um there is a pair in a cheetah print and a pair in a zebra print and oh my goodness there has not been a more john shoe probably all year john shoe shoe. they (laughs) john shoe john shoe they only released at browns over in england i believe Mm-hmm. And I grabbed a pair of the cheetah print ones there in the mail right now. And I'm very excited. I almost got the zebra ones too, but I held back. I was like, I really don't need to get overindulgent with this kind of stuff right now. But who knows in the future, maybe I'll get the zebra ones once the once the cheetahs wear out, if I can still find a pair. I'm super excited for those. So I'll be sure to upload a picture to the IG story once once they get in. Saul, let's transition your way, buddy. What is your jack and ace of the week to complete your hand with a pair of kings? We don't have queens yet. However, jack of the week, super whack, talked about before. The Adidas Yeezy Boost 380 Mist. Just disgusting. They look like cheese. If you you wear them, you got the cheese touch. Saying that now. (laughs) I just, I don't know how you'd wear them. They're just so weird and ugly and their silhouettes gross and ugh, ugh. Hate them. Into it. Disgusting. Into Don't it. wear them. I hate them. However, my ace is just, mwah, it's beautiful. I love it. It is the Aloha Blossom. It's a camp collar. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's rayon, but it's a it's a button-down short sleeve. Um, and on the front is a uh, angle of um, the Ecstasy of St. Teresa, which is a sculpture by Bernini in 1647. It is the basically the epitome of the Counter-Reformation. It was made, I think, out of multiple pieces of non-striated marble, which, if you know anything about marble sculpture, is insanely, insanely expensive. Just ridiculous. It is huge. It's weird. It's not really that weird, actually. It just shows um, a woman in pleasure um, being struck by Cupid's arrow, which is sort of weird for, for art at the time. Um, you know, uh, classically, it would have been seen as a bit disrespectful. Um, but she she's crying out almost as in pleasure um, with being struck by Cupid's Cupid's arrow. Um, and it is just a gorgeous sculpture. Um, learned about it in, in my um, Renaissance art history class. Just, oh, and they've put it on a beautiful, I believe there's two colorways. I think it's a light yellow or a light orange and a blue, but I could be wrong. Um, along with some other shirts, I love Aloha Blossom personally, and I have one of their shirts, um, and can vouch for the quality. They are expensive, but sometimes you can catch them on sale. Um, but if you really like it, I really like this, this shirt. Um, I might be picking it up for retail, which is a scary Ooh. thing. Which I, color way I are you going to go? Um, probably if there is a blue, the blue, just cause I wear blue, mm-hmm. it works well with my, um, skin tone, but yeah. Yeah, those are really nice. You sent me those on Instagram earlier in the week, and I was very intrigued by them. The first, and I will say this in our in our messages, the first Saul and John shirt, Saul and John shirt. Oh, big time! It it spoke to both of us on a spiritual level, without a doubt. 
Yeah. As John sometimes do. And that rounds out our first and our best so far, Jack and Ace of the Week. That was truly the ace of Jack and Ace of the Week. Yeah. <laughs> Which brings us to our final segment before we say goodbye. Guest of the Week, where Saul and I kind of go out of left field and pick a guest, whether they be in the fashion realm or not, who we would just love to have on the pod and just kind of have some little banter with here and there. Yeah. So I'm going to have so, you start this one off. Of course. Um, mine is somebody who I, I don't know quite how to say this. I am in love with this person, not as a romantic interest, but just I want to be their friend and have them in my life. My guest of the week is Claire Saffitz from the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen. National love treasure. Claire. Love host of gourmet makes she is just she's so bubbly she's so nice i feel like she'd be really really sweet i'm getting a bit giddy but i just oh if you haven't checked it out there's a youtube channel called bon appetit um claire runs a show called gourmet makes um in which she recreates famous um whether it be candies or snacks um out of quote-unquote like real materials um you know so no processed sugars or anything like that you know she tries to get it um, quote unquote gourmet so she'll recreate it um, and it is just mm-hmm. like the most relaxing show if you go down that rabbit hole I guarantee you if you have time you'll come out like three and a half hours later <laughs> somehow knowledgeable about how to make like ho-os or whatever it's just it's such a fun like YouTube I, show I love the Bon Appetit crew as well Every Whether everybody there and don't let Claire, yeah, Delaney, like, Brad, exactly. all of them yeah like everybody in that group is super cool I think one of my other favorites is uh, Chris Morocco Yes, uh, love Chris. But the the entire crew just seemed to be really nice, genuine people. Also, mm-hmm. shout out Gabby for being like the cutest woman alive. Um, <laughs> I just want her to like give me a hug. But yeah, I just bon appetit, guys. If you were not subscribed to that channel, I I would they do great work. Encourage you to do so. Yeah. What about you, John? You have a uh, spicy guest for this week. I certainly do, Saul. My guest Ooh. is none other than the great Frankie Muniz. Ooh, okay. Saul and I were talking on FaceTime earlier today, and I we the the topic of Frankie Muniz came up as it often does in conversations among friends, and we just got to talking about uh, his life and times and the the work he's done and the things he's done and. I think he's just an interesting guy, and I'd just love to chop it up with Frankie and find out what led him to the point where he is today. He just recently got married. If you follow him on Instagram, you may have seen that. Um, yeah. He just looks like he's enjoying life with his with his new his new wife, and they're just probably, hopefully, enjoying quarantine together and having a good time. So, Frankie, if you hear yeah. this, or should I say when you hear this, please come on the pod. Yeah. He's just such a cool guy. He also raced Formula One, which you told me mm-hmm. today, and I had no idea. Yeah. Super cool. Very interesting guy. So I'd love to just talk with him and find out about his career because a lot of child actors you see kind of go off the rails, but I think Frankie seems like a pretty cool guy. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Uh, bringing you i guess an extra long episode god we must be at what like 70 75 minutes at this point probably even more yeah it's uh <laughs> we're around i think we're probably around the 75 mark right now 
when this was when this was conceived and we laugh about this quite a bit but when this mm-hmm. this podcast was conceived this was supposed to be like a 30 minute news thing at the um, longest with a little bit with a little bit of personality like and it is rapidly 20 minutes become, maybe <laughs> uh, and it has rapidly become uh over an hour endeavor with a lot of personality and not too much news <laughs> we are we are really happy to be doing this guys thank you so much oh, for we're joining having so us so much fun if you have anything you want to tell us, um, shoot a DM to the pod, um, write it on a letter, um, record it wash on your vinyl. Hands. Wash your hands, but record Sing it on vinyl. to us while yep. washing your hands. We'll hear Please. it. Um, I don't know. Make a uh, NPC in your Dungeons & Dragons campaign say it. Mm-hmm. Um, write it on Animal a, Crossing Island? Yeah, come to John's Animal Crossing Island. Leave it on the bulletin uh, board? Yeah, leave it on the bulletin board. Create a custom card for Hearthstone. Put your suggestion on there. Um, there send that to us. Um, I don't know. Uh, shave you it know onto the side us. of your head. Get a sick fade. Yeah. You know where to find mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Um, but seriously, any and all constructive criticism, questions, even interaction, we love speaking with you guys. Thank you it's again true. to everybody who has hopped in our DMs, whether that be Sebastian or, or Dom or really anybody. Um, we love to talk. We love to interact with you guys. You guys really make all of this possible. And it's true. You know, this has rapidly become a highlight of my week. Um, now twice a week, which is huge. But every time I get that little notification that somebody's messaged at pair of Kings pod on Instagram, um, we usually DM really, them back at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. It's it um, very confusing. It the, uh, the tags as the schizophrenic account takes over. <laughs> <laughs> but um again guys thank you so much um check us out on either uh, apple podcasts or spotify you can find us um on instagram and twitter at pair of kings pod um mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining us um john you want to take us out i would love to thanks for joining us once again on this extra long episode of pair of kings where we are bringing you business as usual tom Fullery as planned have a great day everybody <laughs>